0: Lord, who shall stand in his holy place? The answer is those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully. In humility and in faith, let us pray our confession together. Gracious God, we often don't know what to confess. We seek to keep your law. But the right course is not always clear. We want to follow your direction, but it is hard to discern what is true. Sometimes it is difficult to care about people whose values are different from our own. How can we be one with those who do not share our beliefs? At times, our own faith is shaken, our faith in ourselves and our faith in you. We need your help, God so our sins will not have dominion over us. In Jesus' name, amen. God heard our prayers. God has granted our prayers. Our hands are now clean, our hearts are pure. For we have received blessing from the Lord and vindication from God of our salvation. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Amen. We now affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven Extra visitors and friends and guests from all around the world, let us take this moment to greet one another in Christ's name.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms on this wonderful day where we get to be gathered up by the Holy Spirit to be in worship and to know that God is present and that God not only calls us into this place to worship him but also calls us out of this place to serve him and we hope that you will find perhaps in this time with us today a sense of your own calling and what God would want you to do in this world. It is uh, a great day where we get to maybe meet some new people. We invite you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those along to your neighbor, and hopefully you'll uh, note somebody on that pad that you don't know that uh, will give you an occasion to reach out to them and welcome them into our midst here at Church of the Palms. Lots of great things are going on. Today is a big day. It is our Mission Expo Day. We have been uh, participating in mission events throughout the course of this week, and Uh, having a chance to uh, introduce ourselves and have introduced to us our mission partners from around the world and it has been quite a joy. We've had all sorts of activities culminating in today where you will be invited after the worship service to go out to the big tent outside. Uh, If you you came in that way, you still have more to see. Uh, Go out that way and there's a huge tent in our courtyard where there will be underneath that tent, all of our mission partners, most of our mission partners from around the world will be there to uh, greet you, a lot of them from our community, some from the state, some from uh, throughout our country and the world. And we would love to have you come and spend some time with them after our service today. So make a beeline for that. And and, uh, yes, there'll be coffee there under (laughs) under the tree. And uh, of course, you're also invited to be a part of our adult education opportunities as well. So uh, rest assured, if you didn't get a chance to get through all the tables and a chance to meet people, that tent will be there all morning long. So after your adult classes, you can come back and be a part of that experience there uh, underneath the tent as we uh, have the chance to discover the ways that Church of the Palms is reaching out uh, to the world. We also want to remind you that next uh, Sunday we will have our congregational meeting and that will be after the second service at 12 noon right here in the sanctuary so adjust your schedule accordingly and to make sure that you're here to hear about all the good things that have happened in the year past as well as looking ahead to those things that are Happening in the year to come and we would love to have you be a part of that There will be annual reports available after the worship service in the back of the sanctuary in the courtyard In the church office if you'd like to pick one up There's also detailed budgets available in the courtyard and the church office if you'd like to pick one of those up as well Uh, On our annual report that we're making available to you There's a couple of numbers on the back page that uh, don't quite add up So that's probably because I was the one that did the adding and so um, but uh, we will get that that corrected for you uh, by next Sunday we also want to make you aware of uh, those who uh, have passed Nancy Baird's uh, memorial service will be this Tuesday at 10 a.m. in the chapel when we got word this morning that Skip Snyder passed away late last night and we do not have details on her service but we will make you aware of them at the church office if you would like to call and we celebrate today Uh, Coming up on Friday, the 100th birthday of Claire Mader. So uh, yay, Claire, yes. (laughs) I'm guessing Claire is watching on TV, so let's give her one other round of applause there, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. And this week, we welcome to our staff, our new uh, Director of Student Ministries, Jeff McCauley. And Jeff is right over here with his wife, Kim. I'd like to ask you guys to stand, if you could, and welcome them into our ministry. In a couple of weeks, you'll have a chance to hear from Jeff and about uh, his, uh, his passion and his uh, hopes for youth ministry here at Church of the Palm. So we're just so glad you're with us, Jeff, and thankful that you are a part of our team and look forward to serving with you in the years to come. And now we'd like to invite uh, to be commissioned our uh, Honduras mission team as they come forward and come on up here and stand up on the chancel steps here. One right up there, sir. Good to see you. Yeah, all right. All the way up to the top there. Maybe we'll get another row right in front there. Perfect. Excellent. At the end of this week, uh, we will be sending these folks uh, in two waves uh to honduras as they participate in our uh, annual trek down to honduras to serve those uh, people in, in honduras especially in el progreso and surrounding areas uh in very many different ways we have been in honduras for many many years and we are grateful that we get a chance to return there to uh, be about uh, construction projects Our first wave will be going down to do some building projects uh, in and around El Progreso and then also another team that will be going down to lead Vacation Bible School in a local school there uh, outside of El Progreso and so we are grateful that all of you are on your way down there to uh, make this trek on behalf of Church of the Palms and more importantly on behalf of Jesus Christ you bring the good news with you in what you do and what you say and we are grateful that you have uh, chosen to take a precious part of your time uh, away from work away from other things to be about this very very important important work I just like to call out their names and as I do if you raise your hand when you hear a name that sounds like yours <laughs> and that way we can identify uh, name and face uh, Bill Sprout Brad Wilson Brooks and Sonia Vanderzee. Zee Bruce Hedgepeth is in the other worship service, Dale and Marianne Valrath, David Wachtel, Eleanor McCollum, Hector Jacques, whatever. <laughs> Jerry Repo, John Buzolo, John Sago, Matt Wilson, Maxine Perry, MJ Weber, Paul Martin, Rhonda Graper, and Temp Hamilton we are grateful would you give these people a round of applause we are thankful that you have given your time and your effort to be about this very important work as we seek to come alongside of our partners in Honduras and as we seek to share the good news with them and with them share the good news with those who don't yet know of the love and grace of Jesus Christ so we bless you And to that end, let us pray, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have to not only be your children, but to take the word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ into other parts of the world, to share with our neighbors the love that we know in your son. So we pray, O Lord, that you will bless these people, that you will keep them safe and well, that you will empower them with your Holy Spirit, that as they go to a distant land, as they meet new people, as they come alongside new neighbors, that they will believe and trust in your Holy Spirit who guides them, and that they will be vessels of that spirit with the good news of grace and mercy. So bless them on their way, and may they be beacons of light in the world, for we ask it in Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
2: I invite you to join with me in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we enter into your presence today and seek to give you our worship and praise, we come to spend time with you and to listen to you and to delight in you as you delight in us. Open our hearts so that we might be receptive to your word and your truth So that together as the body of Christ, we will serve you boldly, build up your church with joy and glorify your name. We dare to come to you with the truth of our deepest selves this morning. Some of us are wrestling with grief, fork in the road decisions, daily challenges of raising a family. Still others with the fears of releasing concerns to you, wondering if you'll journey with us in what sometimes feels like a free fall. Some of us come to you with a simple request that you'll bring sustained happiness for us and our families. Grant us the grace, we pray, to live beyond any unwarranted self-concern to give ourselves fully to you who have entrusted to us. Transform our focus on difficulties that we might see them as opportunities for growth. Help us to never settle for a limited life but in knowing you to live out the life every day that you have given to us. We pray for the special people who are on our hearts this morning because of the burdens they bear. We pray for the family of Skip, for the spouses, for Shirley, for Dick, They must be shouldering some loneliness this morning. And because of the pressing and struggles that seem to others to be insurmountable, we pray that you will give us all a new strength to rise up beyond our circumstances and to embark on the journey of our lives that lie before us that you lead us to. We offer to you the unrelenting conflict in many corners of our world. Protect our civil servants who serve our country and the troops that protect us. It is only your intervention and wisdom that can provide a shift in the tension, and so we seek you earnestly. We lift to you the prayers of our own hearts in a moment of quiet. We pray especially for those who have represented you in various corners of the world as we have seen in the Mission Expo, and who will represent the church in Honduras, bless and enrich their work, and save us as we pray at home from any restricted worldview that would hold us back from our support. We cannot go anywhere without seeing the needs. Open our eyes, we pray, to the people you want us to serve, loved ones who need our attention, strangers to whom we can be a blessing, needs that we have resources to impact, Wherever we go, let us be your hands, O Lord, your laughter, your joy in our worlds as we pray in the the words and the name of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen let us now present our tithes and offerings before the lord there are many voices clamoring for our monies and our resources in our life, so we gladly present this set of tithes and offerings to you as symbolic of our desire to serve one master, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We ask you to be seated. And we're going to ask the kids to come forward.
3: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Pretty good? We got all kids ready to like, come out of the chute, ready to come down here. They were so ready. So come on down, Franklin. Good job. This is such an exciting day for us at Church of the Palms. I just love it. Did you guys see that big tent out there? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We are going to go through that tent together and see all the different mission partners that we have. Is your grandpa over there, Bill Watrous? Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're going to go visit him, okay? So what's really, really neat is that we're a part of Church of the Palms family. And as a part of that family, we believe that we're called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And just a part of what we do is represented out in that tent. So I thought, I was thinking about hands, and I thought two things. Let's ask these guys too, all right? If you have two hands, raise one hand. (laughs) Keep that hand up. If you love God, raise the other hand. Oh my goodness, look at us. Thank you. We all have just what we need to serve God in the world. But I did bring some things so that you guys might help me creatively think about how we might serve others in God's name. What could we do with this? What would we do, anybody? We could do puppet shows, couldn't we, for some, like, little kids? I suppose we could, what do you think? Do you think we could cook with these? Yes. Bake cookies? Yes. yes. Mittens. Mittens that will protect our hand. Yeah, Becca. Um, we can, um, put them on Yes, and then when we cook a meal, like for our neighbor, we could bring it over. How about these? What if we, what, when would we need these? What do you think, Natalie? Mittens. Mittens, because there's some people maybe that don't have homes. Do you, th- you could do this, but you shouldn't maybe in some company. <laughs> you could, for the resurrection house, maybe buy some gloves and give to people. Did anybody ring bells for Salvation Army? On those cold days, you could wear these. How about, what about these? Gardening gloves, and you know we have this garden right out there that we can work in, that we grow vegetables for our food pantry. How about, oh, how about this? Anybody ever have to wear these? for 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 diapers, I didn't even (laughs) think about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good idea. (laughs) Stephanie, what do you think? For painting. For painting, another great idea, yes. For washing dishes, which is, of course, the only thing I was thinking in my little box about how we always have to clean up. Yes. Fixing the pipes under the sink. sink. Excellent things that we can do to serve with these really multi-purpose gloves. Finally, the last glove. I know you're waiting, right? The last glove. Definitely change diaper with this. Also something I hadn't thought of. Yeah, what do you think? you could but since we're not doctors you know what we could serve food at the resurrection house we could serve food over in our kitchen and someone had said even picking up trash sometimes to protect our hands there's so many yes there are so many ways that we can serve one of the most important things that we can do with our hands we don't need any gloves at all what about socks? and that's to pray So let's do that right now. Let's fold our hands and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us hands to serve and eyes to see all those that you want us to love. Bless us this day and every day to be your hands and feet in the world. Amen.
1: You may be seated. <clears throat> Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from Luke chapter 4 beginning at the 14th verse. Hear the word of God. Then Jesus filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing this is the word of the Lord let us pray we ask O Lord that by your grace and through your mercy that these words to come will point to this word just read the word made flesh that we may discover more of what it means to be a follower of Jesus for we ask it in his name amen You have uh, perhaps heard the story of the three men on the first tee preparing to start a round of golf, lamenting that they did not have a fourth to join them when all of a sudden a 2,000 pound gorilla walks out of the clubhouse with a bag of clubs on his back. Motions to the men that he would like to play with them. The men look at each other politely and because it's an awkward moment, they invite the gorilla to join them so they pick up teams and of course each man is reluctant to invite the gorilla to be on his team but finally one of the men agrees so they all tee off on the opening par five and the gorilla gets up and hits the ball 315 yards straight down the fairway the men are impressed and the gentleman who has picked him to be on his team is rather encouraged the men all get to their next shots and the gorilla gets to his ball pulls out a three wood and hits the ball 275 yards straight as an arrow down the fairway and the ball goes rolling up right onto the green five feet from the hole the man is now very encouraged and on the way up to the green asks his opponents if they wouldn't want to maybe double the stakes <laughs> which they agree to do and with that the gorilla pulls out his putter and lines up his putt and hits it 295 yards <laughs> Power can be an awesome thing and it can be a terrible thing, depending, of course, on how it is applied. Norman McLean in his wonderful family tale, A River Runs Through It, tells of growing up with his brother up in Montana, learning from their father how to fly fish. Their father was a Presbyterian minister and was also a master at fly fishing and to their father, fly fishing was a theological exercise. Their father believed that humanity by nature was a mess and and humanity had fallen from its original state of grace and that only quote, by picking up God's rhythms, God's rhythms were we able to regain power and beauty, McLean writes. He goes on to explain that casting a fly is an exercise of rhythm and power. Until man is redeemed, he writes, he will always take a a fly rod back too far, just as natural man always overswings an ax or golf club and loses all his power somewhere in the air. Power comes, McLean continues, not from power everywhere, but from knowing where to put it on. Power comes not from power everywhere, but from knowing where to put it on. Power is awesome or it is terrible depending on how it is applied. Last Monday, many of us watched as our country's leaders participated in that great quadrennial ceremony of the orderly and peaceful transfer and affirmation of power. We inaugurate a president with great pomp and ceremony to celebrate the great principles of democracy and to acknowledge the will of the people. Senators and representatives and cabinet secretaries and judges all assemble. A Bible is presented, a a hand is placed, and an oath is made. And power is confirmed. But what to do with the power? This is the question. Power comes not from power everywhere, but from knowing where to put it on. Our lives are pageants of power every day, power in the corporate office, power in the marketplace, power in the halls of government, power in our social economic status, power in the group of friends you hang around with in school, Power, power on the playing field, power in the car you drive. How much power do you have? And how much power do you wish to hold on to? It explains, doesn't it, that all the business books in the store in the bookstore, usually Lee, with some variation on the question, do you have the power? Do you have the power to get ahead? It's usually the issue when you're talking about power. Do you have the power to get ahead? And do you have the power to stay ahead? That's what we often think of when we think of power, the power to get and stay ahead. Just last night, I was at the bookstore and picked up a book off the table called the 48 Laws of Power and included in the laws were these. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use your enemies. Do not commit to anyone. Crush your enemy totally. Discover each person's thumbscrew. That's power in one sense of the word, the power to get ahead. The truth is, When we want to get ahead, of course, we want to get ahead of other people. We don't like to think of it that way, but that's what getting ahead really means. We are trying to get ahead of other people. When you're trying to stay ahead, you're trying to stay ahead of other people. Now, the trouble with getting ahead and staying ahead of other people is that it distorts our understanding of what power really is. What we should do with power. I used to run track, and one thing our track coach used to always tell us is that when you get ahead, you don't ever do what? Look back. When you look back, what? You slow down. You lose ground. You lose your power. So the best way to stay ahead is to forget about what is behind you. Exert your power in going forward and not looking backward. So it may come as a big surprise when in loose gospel, Jesus, empowered, he says, by the Holy Spirit, walks onto the platform and delivers what biblical scholars say is Jesus' inaugural speech, his first sermon, his mission statement. It may come as a big surprise that when God's Messiah, having received the blessing of the Spirit of the Lord, the transfer of power, reaches for the scroll of Isaiah and opens it to chapter 61 and reads the following. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. He has anointed me to bring sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Messiah, in his assumption of power, in his claiming of the Spirit of God, sees it as his mission not to get ahead, but strangely to get behind. That the power of God is not the power to, to get ahead, it is the power to get behind. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has given me power not to get ahead of people, but to get behind them, to get behind the poor, to get behind the captives, to get behind the blind, to get behind the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the year of the Lord's favor is Jesus' reference to the Old Testament yearning of God For a year of jubilee, God tells his people in Leviticus chapter 25 that he is instituting for them perhaps the most radical legal and constitutional stipulation known in the history of law. God declares to his people that every 50th year is to be a year of jubilee, and the year of jubilee was in essence to be a year when when the people of God were to get a reset. The year of Jubilee was in essence to be a year when slaves and their families were freed from their owners and were given the chance to start all over. It was also the year when debts were to be canceled, when property was to be returned to its original owners. Everybody in the year of Jubilee got the chance to go back to square one, kinda like putting the Monopoly pieces back in the box and starting a new game. The year of Jubilee, the year of God's favor was a 50 year reset so that the people of God first would remember where it all came from and to keep the people from getting too far ahead of each other. The year of Jubilee was a way of getting the people of God to get behind the poor and the captives and the oppressed and the blind, to give them and their families another chance. It was taking the power that we instinctively use to get ahead and to apply it in getting behind. It was a law, interestingly enough, that the people of Israel never instituted, never enacted. It was on their books, but it never got under their hearts. So it's interesting that when the Messiah steps to the platform and takes his oath of office, he tells the people that it is the Spirit's mandate to proclaim the year of Jubilee, not as codified law, but as the movement of the Spirit. That it is the movement of the Spirit not to get us ahead, but to get us behind. It explains, doesn't it, that even though Jesus teaches the disciples over and over and over again about how the first shall be last and the last shall be first and the greatest of them will be the one most willing to stoop the lowest, the disciples still spend their time arguing over who's going to be the greatest and who's going to sit at Jesus' right hand. It's not until the Spirit comes on Pentecost, it's not until the Spirit moves that the disciples start caring less about getting ahead and more about getting behind. So they get behind lame men and help them walk they they get behind possessed women and set them free they get behind hungry people and give them something to eat they get behind Gentiles and Samaritans and lepers and slaves and welcome them into the kingdom of heaven they get behind centurions and generals and emperors and open their eyes to the good news of grace and it wasn't them of course it was the Holy Spirit who filled them and gave them the power to go against the grain to go against the grain of trying to get ahead and instead turn Turn them around to another way to help them embrace the spirit and the life of getting behind the life of getting behind it's what we promise when we take on the mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ that we will get behind our neighbor near and far, to help them see the good news of grace and mercy in Jesus Christ. It is what we try to live when we commission people to go to Honduras or partner with our mission friends underneath the tent, that it's always a time for a reset. It's always time to put the pieces back in the box and start over. I suppose it is what motivated a Georgia lawyer to wonder about the house he lived in. He lived in a nice house it put him ahead of a good many people it put him ahead as he realized put him ahead of maybe 99% of the world and it put him not behind many others but one night as he laid in bed the thought occurred to him prompted by a Bible study he said to himself everyone everyone who gets sleepy at night should have a decent place to lay their heads on terms they can afford to pay. Everyone who gets sleepy at night should have a decent place to lay their heads on terms they can afford to pay. It was that thought that got him looking over his shoulder at all these people he had managed to get ahead of. So he factored it out that the the most space a human being really needs to live in is around 500 square feet. Uh, A family of four, uh, 2,000 square feet. A family of six, 3,000 square feet. You name it. All the rest, he said, all the rest is just getting, getting ahead more than you need to. And so he wondered, what if we got behind the people who are having trouble finding a decent place to lay their heads? What if we got behind families that couldn't afford a small mortgage? What if we got behind children who are sleeping in the woods in Sarasota? What if we got behind folks who lost their jobs and can't find another one? What if we got behind those whose health renders them unable? What if we proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? The kingdom of Jubilee. What if we put some of the pieces back in the box and gave some folks another chance? What if we took the power and applied it, not on getting ahead, but on getting behind? All that was the start of Habitat for Humanity. Millard Fuller's vision that all the world would be housed that everyone who gets sleepy at night should have a decent place to lay their heads on terms they can afford to pay. And he invited us to the power of that spirit, people taking the power and applying it in places where God would have it be returning to the rhythms of grace and beauty, swinging hammers instead of golf clubs, wielding welding metal, Instead of wielding influence, he called it the theology of enough. Albert Schweitzer said it a little differently. The great Renaissance man of the 19th century who gave up the great universities and concert halls of Europe in order to establish a mission in the heart of Africa. He put it this simply, do something for someone every day for which You do not get paid. Do you have the time for that? Do you have the inclination for that? Do you have the interest for that? Maybe, maybe not. But there is a power, Jesus says. There is a power that will come upon you the power of the Holy Spirit that compels us to preach the good news, preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, free the captives, establish jubilee, the power to get behind, the power to do something for someone every day for which you do not get paid and it is this power the power to get behind that gives us the joy that we've always wanted the joy we've always wanted the joy that comes from being a real person a God created and directed person whose life is all about getting behind Following the benediction, I am headed that way, to the tent. Join me. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.
4: Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida at 3224 B. Ridge Road and brought to you live each Sunday morning at this time. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. Throughout the coming week, there are many excellent opportunities and studies that are offered and we'd love to mention a few of them right now. Men's Bible study at 7.30 a.m. in the chapel reception room. Uncover new and interesting insights in the Gospel of Luke. This study is led by the Reverend Fred Marsh and Tom Weber. Leadership training for life group and ministry leaders at 6.12 to 8.12 p.m. in room 202. This class will train leaders to lead, facilitate small groups, as they grow in their alignment with christ and community the first session will be for current or potential life group bible study leaders you don't have to be a bible expert simply need a desire to help others learn more about the bible and lead a discussion encouraging application of biblical principles to our daily lives past watchful dragons Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. in the sanctuary for six weeks through February 10th. Dr. McConnell will lead us in discussing The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. If you'd like to learn more about the spiritual themes of these great books, join us. Movie clips will be shared. You don't have to have read the books or seen the movies to find this class helpful. When will the world end? and other big questions that arise from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is one of the most discussed and most misunderstood books of the Bible. It also contains some of the great spiritual truths and comforts of God's Word. Dr. McConnell opens up these questions and leads us to wonder what the messages might be. A Study of Hope will be held Mondays, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in Room 209 for 10 weeks, beginning February 11th through April 29th. Experiencing Christ's Healing Love. Trevor Hudson's new book shows how Christ can transform personal pain and sadness into channels of love. We'll discover what causes pain and how we can learn from it. There are no classes the first Monday of each month a class called I'm glad you asked or questions Christians hope no one will ask. Wednesdays 6:12 p.m. to 7:12 p.m. in room 206 for 10 weeks through March 20th. During this quarter, we'll answer some of the most common questions asked by non-believers such as is there really a god? Can we trust the Bible to be true? How can a good god allow pain and suffering? we'll discuss how we can have friendly conversation about our faith and share our own personal faith story if you need more information or assistance for these studies call the church office at nine two four one three two three next sunday morning at nine we will bring you another live telecast from the sanctuary of church of the palms in sarasota florida presented locally on Comcast Cable Channel 189, as well as streamed around the world live on the Internet. This is Jimmy Lance. Until next Sunday at 9 Eastern Time, when we return, may the peace of Christ be with you and yours. Enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning.